this is Petrana, and this is High School Musical, the musical, the series, the podcast, a review and discussion podcast of High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is a Disney Plus original, and I messed up that intro, but that's okay. What's up? You did pretty good. That was all in one breath, even with the, uh, the nice little extension. Um, but <laughs> hi, everyone. We are a day late because it's the holidays and we're traveling um this is an international podcast i'm in canada right now i have been in a hotel room with my family for like four days which is a lot anyway i'm i'm jay chilling in uh nebraska that's all (laughs) so um what was this episode was entitled the tech rehearsal tech rehearsal tech rehearsal the tech rehearsal notably the first episode since episode three with the article the at the beginning i'm glad that we're going back to that format it thrills me each time i see that (laughs) i I do love it i think i think the homecoming episode should have been the homecoming dance although i guess i guess the ones that are the also like very directly have to do with like the evolution of putting on a show right the read through the auditions but what about there's blocking that's true. But I guess you the can't blocking. say the blocking. <laughs> the blocking. All right, so Palmer, why don't we dive into this recap? Right on. So, the tech um, rehearsal. The tech rehearsal. So you thought we had a Miss Jen episode. We were wrong. Uh, this is the the real the real true um, Miss Jen episode. So it really begins with the aftermath of episode seven, where we saw the sparking plug. Um, in the school and turns out the theater burnt down uh that blows um that blows. so <laughs> oh man palmer, that sucks. hey palmer palmer when i die and the quote from you on, <laughs> on, on my obituary <laughs> just be, that blows let me write palmer, your obituary gosh. be like she was lit that blows yes <laughs> anyway, um anyway has burned down theater has burned down the fire department basically says you're not going to get in here for a month at least, um, which means that there is no venue for the show to be held. So everyone kind of brainstorms, and eventually Carlos comes up with the idea of relocating to the El Rey Theater, which has 498 seats, I believe, um, is what they say in the episode, and is managed by his uncle, right? Or something like that, yeah. A familiar relation who is close enough to call in favors from. Um, yes. However, Miss Jen is very obviously uncomfortable with this, um, and we kind of see her throughout the episode going through like a midlife crisis or like this, a minor crisis as things keep going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually, the whole crew moves their limited resources over to the El Rey and is trying to figure things out. Um, the stage manager is gone, so Big Red is now like the tech person in charge and is trying to deal with that. Um, Gina is still also MIA. Um, rip. rip. Yeah, more on that later. Um, and then everyone also else is the kind tech of... in this theater just sucks. It's just bad. Um, things fall. Uh, Courtney A blows out the sound system. Kills them. Yeah, that could have seriously like. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah. So basically, everything is going wrong. Um, and as Nini and Ricky are running that rooftop scene, um, the, it's just like kindergarten bit, um, and having like a lot of romantic tension while also reminiscing about their childhood together, 
Uh, Miss Jen is like having a fulfilled crisis. So we learned that while, you know, she was an extra in the original High School Musical, her one spoken line, um, which was like about apples or something, um, ended up getting cut in the final edit of the film. And during this cast screening at the El Rey Theater, which is where they have relocated to, um, she discovered that it had actually been cut and like kind of has a breakdown and like screams for Kenny Ortega um, or whatever. And gets pulled out. And she kind of oh, counts Kenny. that as, like, the the first big misstep that threw off the rest of her career. And so all of this is very traumatic and melodramatic for her. And so she's kind of going through this crisis. Um, Ashlyn helps her out and encourages her to reflect and try to get over it. Gives her her favorite crystals to use if she pleases. Um, but then Miss Jen falls over and goes into this trippy dream sequence um, featuring none other than Lucas. High School Musical star. Great <laughs> deal. Could not contain yourself. I was excited. You're so excited. Uh, I was that's very so excited. Fun. Yeah. Um, Lucas Graybeal shows up, and this is because apparently he was the only like main cast member to ever talk to her during filming, and I think he called her by the wrong name. I don't yeah. remember what the. I think the he called inter- her Jessica. Yeah, or something. Another J. Um name and then she was like well it was just to make sure that no one else got jealous that he knew my name um but he shows up they sing one of the best songs in this series thus far i i have to not talk about it now um (laughs) and basically miss jen gets her act together figures everything out and at the end of the episode decides to relocate somewhere else um the other one thing from this episode one of the other little subplots is um (laughs) ej and carlos uh, kind of working through some of their their issues together um, after EJ finds the show Bible and learns why he wasn't cast as Troy um, and then is really weird about it um, and like very emotional while uh, doing like a tech rehearsal scene with Carlos. But that's basically the episode. Um, it's just so much Miss Jen and I am all in on her now. Um, but Notably, Gina was absent, which Gina's sucked. Gone. Gina's dealing with FEMA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. But yes, Gina. so Gina's gone. We see Ricky text her periodically throughout the episodes. Um, oh, something that we talked about after last week's episode that we actually forgot to include was that Gina's whole moving around thing is like very reflective of Gabriella's moving around thing. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because at first Gina seems posited to be the Sharpay stand-in, but... Like, as time goes by, she definitely has more in common with Gabriella. Right. Which is... I remember, because it was, like, literally hours after we had recorded. Like, like two or three hours. And I was watching High School Musical 2 um, while packing. And Gabriella goes, I've moved, like, five times in the past seven years. And I was like, Gina! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, she... I think Ricky says at some point that she might have to leave a date early. early so, yeah. it's really, like, unclear where she's gonna turn up in all of this um i think worst case scenario is obviously that she leaves before the show and i feel like this can't be the last that we'll see of her yeah she's a regular recurring cast member and sophia wiley is too good to only be in seven episodes of the show this is right seven eight seven Seven. i feel like yeah. yeah i i i still don't have a good sense of like what qualifies someone 
as like straight like yeah if there's a quantifiable of like what makes them irregular but i i don't think like just given the writing on this show i don't think they're gonna like yeah they wouldn't send her off like that yeah 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 or like even if they do just like point blank send her send her away with her mom like we're gonna see her again i'm sure yeah I hope, I pray. We'll, we'll find out. Um, yeah, but so because Gina's gone, we do get a lot of focus on Ricky and Rini. Um, mm-hmm. For all you Rini shippers out there. Yeah. Um, they have, they rehearsed that, the rooftop scene from the first movie together. Um, and that's when Ricky at one point breaks character and he's like, wow, remember when we were friends in kindergarten? And we see how far back their relationship goes. Yeah. Which is very endearing. Um, I feel like that added, like, honestly, just so much more dimension to their relationship for me. Like, just the fact that they are childhood friends, like, oh my god, you know? Yeah, very sweet. But also, the sorry, maybe this is my super hardcore Rena shipper coming through, but (laughs) I think it really does show that you can grow up with someone and find yourself at, like, different paths in your life. Because the, uh, the other thing is that, um... Uh, Nini confesses to Courtney and to Ricky later on that she is thinking about applying to that performing arts school. Mm-hmm. And so if Nini goes off and does that, that's obviously not something that Ricky is probably going to follow. And unless unless Ricky pulls a Troy Bolton and <laughs> and just decides to major is, in performing arts or whatever. Is this the that... Juilliard subplot uh, <laughs> of High School Musical oh 3? Uh, Don't get me started about that Juilliard subplot. When we we should eventually rewatch High School Musical three and just talk oh, about yeah. college admissions and how they are not <laughs> like this. <laughs> oh God! Ima- imagine truly. Imagine. Um, yeah, but it's the. I think like, I honestly, this is just like me as a fan in general. I don't get super attached to like one particular ship and like i am always like always in on like very conflictual ships you know like i will ship one character with the same like Mm -hmm. five different people you know i do like them i like and especially my favorite rini scene even after this one is still that when he when he came over to her place and my god yeah okay so my that moment (laughs) that moment my mom so yesterday um so i'm like chilling at home with my family for the holidays right and my mom has been watching high school musical the musical the series and she's now caught up and she (laughs) watched episodes like four through eight just in succession yesterday and four through no eight this was eight i thought i would just i just said it's is this eight or this is seven and you said seven oh no i thought you were talking about (laughs) how many there were previously no this is this is this is episode eight. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Whoops. We're we're chilling. We're chilling. We uh, I misunderstood. Um, but she was watching it, and I was like sitting there, and I was like, oh, I cried at this part, like at the kitchen table <laughs> when I was home over Thanksgiving watching it, because oh gosh. But anyways, so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's a, we get like so much good backstory. Uh, okay, the the here's what I love: the fact that they gave each other. Like their nicknames, yeah. Which we learned for the first time, like Aww. in canon, that those are not their real names. You know, yeah. Like just... Nini's real name is Nina, and Ricky mm-hmm. couldn't pronounce it. Um, Ricky is apparently Richard, which is hilarious. And I think Nini makes a comment about how no one under the age of forty is named Richard. Which yeah, absolutely. Like, and like the only yeah. other nickname for Richard, like the only other like 
universally accepted nickname for Richard is Dick, and you're not going to call, like, an eight-year-old. Uh, well, okay, oh, you have Rick, you have Rich, you have Richie, okay. you Never. have Dickie. I was very wrong then. Richie, that's... <laughs> you have Shard. <laughs> imagine, imagine... If if he went by Chard, <laughs> what would their what would their <laughs> their ship name their ship name would be Nard <laughs> or Cheek? <laughs> so dumb. I'm, okay. I'm so sorry. Okay, but anyways, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, big big Reedy moves. Um, this episode yeah, we get we get a classic like. Cute. Almost kissing before Big Red intervenes. This is the second time they've almost kissed. Yeah. Um, Although Ricky had, did Ricky almost kiss Gina, or that has that just been in a bunch of fan edits that I've been seeing? No, I think that's just the fan edits. I don't think they've ever because they they juxtapose it. A lot of the fan videos that I've been falling down the rabbit hole of juxtapose the scene where he like kind of lifts her up and twirls her around, and like with the one where Troy mm-hmm. lifts Gabriella up and twirls her around, and they almost kiss. So I don't know. Yeah. Man, I love those freaking edits. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think they they have really. That's the thing is like, Rini, they really lean in the writing and in, like the like they play it where there's just so much like simmering tension, you know, and mm-hmm. so much history between them. Uh, Rina is just like cute AF. I yeah, like rewatching like when she gives him the hat. Like I, I literally, I just die, and then he's uh. like. She's like, you know what? Oh, it's too big, and you he's like, what? I'll grow into it, and I'm like, ah. What? They each have two hands, and they can. Ricky can hold Gina's hand and Nini's hand, and Gina and Nini can hold each other's hands. So there's, there's also there's also Genie going oh on. Oh my god! They've only it's... had that one scene, but it was very good, and I liked it a lot. <laughs> what is what would what would their like like three person ship name be? Their thruple name be? Their thruple name be? You know me. what? I don't. Re... Regini? Regini? That sounds like a pasta. That's cute. Regini. I, like um, I just right, want I'm them all to be friends. I'm all aboard the Regini train. Yeah. Just let them just let them live together in, in peace as high schoolers. Oh, okay. That's, so no, anyways, I don't mean that. Anyways. <laughs> speaking, as we talk about how these three have super duper endeared us, let's talk about the missing end of the love square who is now... <gasps> Definitely has exited himself from this narrative and has done some soul searching of his own, and that is EJ. EJ, my favorite awful, EJ stupid son. So dumb. So I adore him. Recall, the, the the dumber he like acts in this show, the more <laughs> I am just so like incredibly endeared to him. Um, um so th- two things. One, as we recall last episode, he got canceled, and two, you know that meme where it's just like some dude like People make fandom edits of it all the time where, like, someone's, like, trying to tie their shoelace and they don't know how to tie the shoelace and then, like, the rest of the group comes over and they're just like, I don't think he knows how to do it. I think, I think that's, (laughs) yeah, that's, EJ's tying his shoelace and, like, the rest of the East High drama program is just watching. They're just like, he's, he's crying. Oh, God. Yeah, in this episode, um, EJ catches, as they're moving, like, he's carrying Miss Jen's, like, show bible with all of her audition documents and everything and carlos is like oh that's too important for you to carry um and takes it away and then he like realizes what it is um after carlos tells him and then goes to read why he wasn't cast as a troy um and like there's all these notes where it's like 
classic Troy on paper and he's all smug. And um, what does it say that he's the next? He's not a uh, next army hammer. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like, yeet. Um, but then it also says lacks an emotional connection to, to the, the role. Source. Yeah. To source material. Yeah. Um, which EJ takes to mean that, like, she thinks he has no emotions. Yeah. Um, so, like, as he and Carlos are just, like, you know, um, reading lines to get some tech stuff down for um, Gabriella and Troy, he just, like, horrendously overacts it. And it's yeah, and so they're not weird. even supposed. They're just like supposed to be there for like the lighting markers. Mm-hmm. So Carlos is just kind of like reading things off the paper, and EJ's just like fake crying because he's wants like, to prove how remember emotional in kindergarten? he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, when Carlos is just like, I am your choreographer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but the the two of them have this nice little like tandem mini arc in this episode where ej is like sulking eating popcorn and carlos like kind of is frank with him and talks about how he is sometimes an off-putting personality or something on stage or he doesn't he he just doesn't kind of really hit some of the emotional resonance um in the script and then later as everything is falling apart carlos is sulking in the same exact position as ej was like just despondently (laughs) eating popcorn um and EJ reassures him that, oh, you know, you're basically, like, the one reason this show is functionally running, which, low-key, true. Um, you know, one thing I really do love about the writing in this show is that we get to see, like, almost every pop combination of characters interact with one another, which I think is really cool, and you just, like, see the dynamic, especially because in something that, like, high school theater, where you're hanging out with this group of people, like, every day after school for, like, a whole semester. Mm-hmm. And you get all those little separate dynamics. Like, we see Carlos and EJ and Carlos and other Seb, people. Seb, and sorry. Ashlyn. And Seb, Ashlyn, there we Seb go. Seb a little bit. There's some good Ashlyn, Ashlyn, Carlos content. Um, and also, um, oh yeah, there was a good Ashlyn Big Red moment in this episode, too, where <gasps> a, a Big Red was like, I don't know how to light up the room. And then oh Ashlyn God. goes, you just walk in. <laughs> And I was like, (gasps) (laughs) oh god, so smooth. I like that those two are getting this like soaring, like like it's the like I I was like the writers know what they're doing just because it's so like almost cheesy on the nose, but that's nowhere else really in the series. Like oh god, I just love it. Their deliveries are both so good. I know, like Larry Saberstein's comedic timing is it's so great. Um, and like, ugh, and nothing... Julia Lester's too. Oh my god! Both, Any, every, everything about her, Ashlyn, is just like it. Between Ashlyn's like characterization and like she just nails it. I mean, it's so good. When she like offers up the crystals, I <laughs> <laughs> the delivery. I was like, of course, Ashlyn's a crystal girl. Um, but yeah, both of them just really like feel so at home in their characters. Um, mm-hmm. and I yeah. love it. But. Here's here's my weird aside is like all of this EJ Carlos interaction. I was like, damn, do I ship this? <laughs> I am like, I know Seblos is can and king. Seblos is can. But, but actually, hold on. we did want to talk a bit more about Seb. Yeah. Um. Seb. Okay, so, yeah. No, let's well, backtrack to, a little bit. To, pre- to preface this, in this episode, Courtney, um, they need someone to like test the mic volume or something. 
Courtney sings for a sec, and she has an amazing voice, and she sings mostly in church, and she just, like, blows it out of the park, and it's amazing, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, oh my gosh, Courtney, like, we didn't know you could sing, blah, blah, blah. And, like, we as an audience know this because we heard her sing with me the karaoke episode. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, she and Seb have this interaction, which I don't know if I'm just reading too much into it, but it was really weird for me, where Seb was just like, are you, like, please tell me you're not gonna, like, take up acting, and just, like, you're gonna stay in makeup. And then mm-hmm. Courtney was like, oh yeah, don't worry, I'm, I'm, yeah, like, I have many talents, but, like, I'm gonna stay on the makeup on the show. And it, it really came off as, like, a, a stay in your lane type yeah. of thing, and I don't know if that, I don't know, it was... Weird. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was just the delivery of it or yeah. There was no. definitely some like odd tension there because I feel like it the in the writing it's very much Seb being like you made me you know feel at home which I yeah, think yeah with, with the glitter makeup right and like you made me feel you know like I was being myself um but even even considering like that angle it's still just kind of a weird interaction like him proactively going up and being like. I don't know if you're going to pursue this, but please don't because your work has yeah. benefited me so much. And I'm kind of like, it's, I get it's, it. It's and, also uncomfortable because I feel like she is a person of color. And well, yeah, it, have it's that it, there's a very historical her. dynamic between like white, like mm-hmm. cis gay men and like black women, you know? Yeah. Um, not saying that like this, this is like a very tame version of something like that, but it was also kind of like, I was like, what? Because I, like, I think, too, it's a little bit of a symptom of, like, Seb's character, just because by virtue of the fact that, like, Seb is, isn't a regular, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. He's um, not, like, main cast. Right, yeah. He's just recurring. He will be regular next season. Um, but, like, we don't see so much of him, and so he's kind of become this very, like, like, almost cliche like yeah, kind of gay note. stereotype like, like i i'm coming out and i'm being myself and that is like, me like kurt as a feminine gay. yeah he's he's like a very pure kurt lo- yes. a lot less bitchy um side note i have been getting back into some glee content oh i forgot gosh. how bitchy kurt i love kurt anyways side uh, aside done but um yeah it was just it was just kind of a weird scene like if we really wanted yeah, to dig into it, like, please continue performing this labor for me. Uh, because you know. it benefits me. Yeah, it was odd, but I, like, I do trust that they are going to pull Seb's character. Yes. Like, flesh him out more, especially in the second season. Because, I like, I like I, I had told Palmer this before, I was kind of worried that Courtney would become kind of one note because she was that very, like, sassy best friend. But mm-hmm. I think we've seen She's a vulnerability. Feminist, yeah. You know, yeah. We've seen a vulnerability to her that we don't usually get from like a sassy comedic relief friend character. Like right. she is afraid to stand up for herself. She's afraid to she doesn't really she knows that she can sing, but she doesn't really want to act, but she's still thinking about it now and like and like Nini and Kurt like she she looked out for Nini when Nini mm-hmm. was like kind of angsty about the whole relationship drama, but at the same time she's kind of scared to stand up for herself. But mm-hmm. Nini like like they have a good friendship, and yeah. I think Courtney is definitely like, as the episodes have gone on, really broken out of the mold that I was afraid she was going to fall into. Right. Yeah. Like especially, I know we yeah we brought that up. You brought it up at the beginning, just like worried about her turning into this sassy black character, um, archetype, and um, we've gotten just she's gotten just a lot of great attention, I think, in the writing, mm-hmm. and has become very multi-dimensional. And I look for forward to something. Kind of like that for Seb 
in the first season because while like we have um in, ter- in terms of like looking at like our queer characters which are effectively right now like Seb and um Carlos Carlos has gotten very fleshed out development which is amazing mm-hmm. and like Seb Seb on the other hand is very one note I think in that respect but um yeah it was I don't know weird weird moment but I think I don't know yeah that's about all much, I have to say about much it. Much to think about. Much yeah, to I'm, think I'm... about. Many thoughts, head full. Um, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, there was also speaking. Speaking of Courtney too. Um, the moment at the end of the episode where she like, speaking of admissions, also she calls up the school and they're like, I forget what it's called, like okay, Denver Conservatory. I, is she applying for herself or for Nini? I didn't get that. No, for Nini. Okay, she's that's like, what I okay, I'm gonna do something for her. You know. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I was. I had a moment of like, what's going on? But yeah, okay. Yeah. Or like so, she's passing along a recommendation and I was like, this is a very sweet gesture gesture, but, but it's not it gonna work. <laughs> I was like, this won't mean anything. There some admissions counselor is gonna listen to you and be like Be your best friend talk about how awesome you are. Yeah. And I, but like that being said, sweet as hell. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it <laughs> I think very it's good. so good. Because yeah, she was like because at first in the episode Courtney was a little upset that Nini um wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. And she was like, we're not going to spend senior year together, blah, 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 But then, like, at the end, she was like, you know what, this is what's good for my best friend. Yeah. And it's it's good to her. Very sweet. Um, love them. Moving love into... These, yeah. I was just going to say, love these female friendships. Love, love, love women. Uh, love women. It's my mantra, every day and always. <laughs> um, it's because I'm gay. Uh, bisexual. Anyways. <laughs> um... Speaking of, like, moving to the other focus of this episode, um, uh, while we- Miss Jen! and here- here's the one thing I want to touch on before we dive into it. Um, Mr. Mazzara is nowhere to be found. Mr. Mazzara the lit that- the theater on fire and yeeted the hell out yeah. of there. I think his robotics lab was also damaged, though, probably. Yeah, poor guy. I was, in- in- in the Thanksgiving episode, he's like, don't burn down my lab, uh, in which now I realize is a very, you know, uh-huh. uh, salient piece of foreshadowing. Um, but- yeah, we don't get we don't get any movement on like whatever that adorable like stuff was going on between them in episode seven. Um, but we do get just oh my god, I I have so many like strong feelings about Miss Jen and this song, and um, I think it's amazing. Uh, before I like go off though, dude, I know you would love to talk about Lucas Grabeel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, this whole dance sequence happens because Miss Jen, what, does she like hit her head or something? Or the I think she does. She sees one of the mannequins and she like falls back. and Yeah, she like faints because she's obviously still very distressed. And then she has this whole dream sequence where Lucas Grapiel just like descends from the heavens and sings to her. And um, he looks a lot like young Christopher Walken. <laughs> just Google it. He's in a lot of famous Oscar movies. Um, and also... <laughs> He kind of looks like Scarlett Johansson, too. Yeah. It's yeah. Some, it's some of the face. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we were talking earlier about how we think out of the, like, four casts, Brian had one of the best voices. Right? Well, we, we... I feel like, and he definitely had, I think, the best musical theater voice, too. I think so, too. Because Vanessa Hudgens was very poppy, obviously, and... Right. Zach Efron didn't sing in the first one. <laughs> yeah, before they like rewrote. And uh, Ashley Tisdale has one voice. Right. Yeah. And, oh God. I, that this is like we we talk a lot about justice for Ryan, 
um, <laughs> in those early films. But um, yeah, I mean, this is, it's just the, the song Roll of a Lifetime is just brilliant. I think it's my favorite song, original song out of this entire show thus far. And I think it's because I've been desperately craving this kind of like very bonkers, like theatery structured mm. song. Um, and it's almost, it's not quite like in like 11 o'clock number, you know, that like, which is like towards the end of the show, it's the crucial turning point for one of the main characters, you know, and they, they sing about their motivations. They realize something about themselves. And that's kind of what it is for um, Miss Jen. And for me, this song is like such, I am so endeared to Miss Jen now. Um, and I think it's also because I have just like, I'm just obsessed with Kate Renders now, who I learned, um, I mean, obviously she's amazing and we finally get to hear her like really just let it rip and sing <laughs> in this episode. Um, but there's so many funny nods to like her career in this, like at one point, um, uh, Lucas Grabeel, not Ryan, <laughs> he's cameoing as Lucas Grabeel, um, <laughs> Like references that this could she be a role like Alphaba or Eponine, and she's like, I'm more of a Glinda actually. And you previously were like, she reminds me of Kristen Chenoweth Glinda yeah. vibes. So she she played Glinda um in Chicago for several years, and I think also moved to Broadway and or did mm -hmm. a national tour. So yeah. like it's a nice little nod to her like Broadway experience. Um, but it's just so. It's so fun, like, A, getting to hear her sing just because she has such that, like, trained Broadway voice. Um, but also the writing of the song is so funny. Um, the bit where he's like, and also, I played Ryan. And then everyone goes, Ryan. Because I saw that set piece. I think the set piece was in, yeah, the, special, in the special. And I was yeah, like, like, what a... the hell are they going to do with this? <laughs> so my theory on that before I knew it was going to be a bonkers dream sequence was that he was just going to, like... In this alternate universe, his career, like, really took off to the point where, like, he goes around as his character a lot, and then he was gonna come in and, like, save the musical. Um, that's not what happened. <laughs> it's not. He, he, he was a hallucination. <laughs> but that's okay. That's uh, okay. We love that, uh, he got this, this wonderful cameo, um, which he nods to in the song. Um, about that one day you'll get a cameo. Um, yeah, just like him. Very good. It's just it, like seeing the two of them, like the these, you know, not quite as green performers, mm -hmm. just like have the time of their lives doing this song. Like, there's, I, I, I think Kate Renders is so, so funny in like some of her facial expressions, which I think we haven't, we've gotten to see, like in previous episodes, but this is just really her, like leading into that very like quirky nuance i think um yeah and i i've done a full 180 on miss jen i, I love her i love it's her good i want to see her succeed um yes. but yeah i mean i've been like blasting this song on repeat like all weekend <laughs> i'm so curious as to what the second season like are they just gonna put on a new musical i hope they just put on like every single disney channel original musical High School Musical, the musical, the series, put on Lemonade Mouth. Uh, yeah. Actually, I don't think there's a stage adaptation of Lemonade That's Mouth, fine. as They're far as I know. They're going to be the first ones to do it. They could write it. Um, yes. Ashlyn will write it. Uh, Ashlyn will play Stevie. Yes! Her name isn't Stevie. Oh my god, Stevie was her name in the, the Wizards of Waverly Place. Which is a Waverly Place? <laughs> what is her name in Lemonade Mouth? 
It's not uh, Stevie. That's all I know. It's not Stevie. I also, I'd forgotten that Haley Kiyoko um, did have a small role in Wizards of Waverly Place as like a minor antagonist. Um, until I was and doing some on, research. Haley Kiyoko was right. <laughs> in what? Oh, in the Wizards of Waverly Place? Yeah, because you know how they had that dumb rule where like only the, the siblings who like won the competition or whatever could get it? And she was just like, that's stupid. Just because he won doesn't mean that like can't all get powers and so she was like i'm gonna free the powers so that every every wizard sibling can have magical powers and everyone was like no keep no. the status quo suppress <laughs> people <laughs> the, the thing that blows my mind is that the wizards of every place finale did you do you remember what happened oh god doesn't does alex win I think, so, there's a weird thing where Alex, I think Alex wins, but because Justin was so good at things and existing, he also gets to keep his powers, and Max doesn't. Max runs the sub shop. Max runs the sub shop, and there's that really horrible implication, because when you're a wizard, you get to live for hundreds of years, and when you're not a wizard, you don't. (laughs) So. Oh, I have pain. I know. It's Why so did you sad. get me in the Wizards of Waverly Place feels? <laughs> because <laughs> every the, the integral structure of the magic in their show was just so bad. Okay, and we, we will dedicate world. an episode <laughs> to tearing down Wizards of Waverly Place's societal, like, oppressive structures yes. in the interim between seasons. <laughs> That's a promise. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyways, I, I, I like that show a lot. It's a good show. I love it. Um, but... Yeah, um, justice for Miss Jen, justice for Lucas Grabeel, um, I think they gave us one of the, the biggest, most, like, everything, all the original songs thus far have been just very poppy, which I think totally works. Also, this one, I was gonna say, all I want, uh, kind of went viral on TikTok. Oh my gosh, good. Which, in, in, like, a very ironic sense. Yeah, um, I was gonna say sorry to I just to jump back on the yeah, go. theater and how everything else is poppy. This one was also the one that like breaks the sort of every sh- song that we're putting on is actually part of a performance thing. Oh yeah, because even that's, though it is a dream sequence, it's also yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. And like that's the thing is like the the dream sequence. They also it at first I was like dream sequence, but then I was like okay, this is I was like so on board with it especially because lucas grapeo has this line where he's like oh it's your contractually obligated dream (laughs) sequence and i was like sign me up this is also like the most just self-aware song Mm -hmm. or sequence in the show period like in terms of the writing um it's all it's been pretty self-aware too it's been yeah right it's been very um but it's just it's very like it's very tongue-in-cheek um and i just i just eat that up um this was content for me uh thank you everyone um, thank you high school musical series yes um but yeah i could talk about it more but i should not um because yes. <laughs> it'll so. just be mindless gushing but anyway we're gonna wrap up now um this is gonna drop on new year's eve so we hope all of you are at a nice ski lodge where you're doing karaoke and um your eyes meet with a beautiful stranger across the room and you're forced to do a duet because that's totally how karaoke works and you both perfectly <laughs> harmonize and yes. then fall in love yes and then you transfer schools also and end up in albuquerque new- okay um, anyway <laughs> uh, so uh yeah happy new year everyone happy new year thanks and also everyone who chatted with us again that was super cool nice hearing from all of you 
Yeah, uh, everything, everyone has different experiences that really, like, come into play in this show. Um, and it's great to hear from people. And... Yeah, I'm still waiting for someone from FEMA to be like, well, actually, I have moved five times in three years. So. Yeah, if anyone wants to call us out on FEMA knowledge, please, um, please enlighten us, please God. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, anyways. you can follow us on Twitter at HSM PM TS podcasts or email us at hsmtmts podcast at gmail.com there it is um yeah hit us up uh we'd love to chat and if you are so inclined throw us a subscribe or follow um on spotify and feel free to drop us a review on apple podcasts or whatever other platform you're listening on but um Thanks for tuning in with us and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's the start. Of-